0: All right, Dave, um, I'm going I'm to ask you to tell me the title of this book that the author that we're going to have on the show wrote, and I think people within five seconds will understand why we've chosen Wait, to have him on the show. Hustling Hitler. Hustling Hitler. That's right. The author of Hustling Hitler is our guest today. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An o show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia
1: Man Celebrity
0: Interview. Interview with Rick and Dave.
1: Rick, uh, yeah. I'm not sure I've ever woken up happier than I knew I was going <laughs> to get a, get a uh, get our guest today. We have a wonderful guest today. Not only is he an accomplished and successful columnist who has written for The New Republic, Roll Call, USA Today, Time, Esquire, Newsweek, you know, these the, little, like, the Guardian, the Washington yeah. Post. Yeah. He has written one of the coolest books I've ever read, and it's called Hustling Hitler. Please welcome Walter Shapiro. Hello, Walter. Hello. <laughs> Greetings from New York. Uh, I imagine every family has that one deceased Ooh. relative that is almost held up as a mythological Creature, You know, in my family was my grandfather, Franz. He owned the largest newspaper in Berlin in the 30s. We heard of stories about his womanizing and his perhaps loose relationship with the law, you know, and all the celebrities that he hung out with. In fact, until I was 40, I believed uh, the family lore that Houdini actually attended his funeral, which actually turned out to be complete bullshit because <laughs> Houdini died three years before my grandfather died.
2: But But it would have been a hell of a Houdini if he had shown up. Great, (laughs) great. It would have been a great trick.
1: Greatest trick Uh, ever. uh, But the crazy stories you were told about your great uncle Freeman Bernstein are all true. Tell us a little bit about some of the just some a little bit about Freeman and the jobs he had over the years.
2: And sure, I grew up, uh, my father was a city planner. In urban suburban Connecticut, we are talking about colorful, cutting edge late <laughs> nights at zoning board hearings. <laughs> uh, but my father kept saying that he had an uncle who was big in show business, knew all the stars, married a show girl, uh, fixed races, um, and cheated Hitler in a nickel deal. Yeah. Now this was like my father taking me aside and saying, "Son." You know something, you're a direct descendant of sitting bull. (laughs) Because lots of Jews were. (laughs) (laughs) Impressive, but a cat unlikely. Yeah, right, right. And it was only a couple of years after my father died that by chance I came upon a relative, um, a distant relative who said, I heard the only thing interesting about our family was I thought I had a distant relative who was big in show business who cheated Hitler. That yeah. was enough uh, for me to, and I hate to give away trade secrets, but to use one of the great tricks in a journalist's repertoire.
0: Is it Google? And
2: please, I hope everyone's writing this down. <laughs> I went to Google. I knew it. <laughs> We're great journalists too, <laughs> Walter. Right.
0: right. Yeah, yeah, don't
1: tell anyone. And,
2: and the first thing that pops up, it, because he had a distinctive name, Freeman Bernstein, if he had a name like Sam Bernstein, like his brother, I'd still be waiting for proctologists from Minneapolis. (laughs) (laughs) But the first first thing that pops up, metals dealer um, denies bilking Hitler, arrested. It turns out that here is my great-uncle Freeman Bernstein, arrested at the corner of Hollywood and Vine in the back of a chauffeured limousine in early 1937, a little after midnight, having just left Mae West's apartment. Yeah, every,
1: everybody's got a great <laughs> uncle. That, uh, if I had a nickel I, for every time that
2: happened. Oh, well, let, let's merely say that a lot of nickel went into this um, scam. Uh, the scam ha- actually had been that nickel turns out to be a war material. And, it was real, and the best nickel was in Canada, and you couldn't get it. But Freeman and a bent nickels dealer out of Toronto spread the word that they had two hundred tons of nickel,
1: and by spreading the what word, what they actually lying. had
2: <laughs> was twenty pounds of nickel, which they bought from a metal shop in Lower Manhattan, and two hundred tons of scrap metal, That's which they bought from the scrap metal dealer dealer in Toronto. One of the great tricks that if you're going to pull off a scam, is load the metal on a boat leaving halifax nova scotia harbor in early march when the temperature is minus nine below yeah because no one's going to check very it. few yeah. people under those circumstances very few people are motivated to closely check the car- cargo yeah so what happened is the boat a- arrives in hamburg um as my great uncle freeman later said if you melted it down there's probably a little mil- nickel in there somewhere Um. <laughs> uh, he took off for the Orient, where he had crowned himself as the Jade King of China, <laughs> uh, which was a, it was like King Arthur and the Sword of the Stone. It was sort of a m- magical investiture. Um, he um, comes back having smuggled various stones into the country with the help of one of the dogs who always traveled with him. I don't need to go into details. Um, and he was showing it, he was trying to sell the jewels to Mae West um, sh- right before he was arrested. And what I quickly learned, I'd written an earlier book. I had a couple of failed book projects, but what I quickly learned is if you can write a book proposal with Mae West and Adolf Hitler in the first <laughs> paragraph, and neither is a metaphor, you'll probably sell the book. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: um, so.
2: It's and, a movie, though. That, isn't that a well, movie? That, that's what, one of my questions yeah. is,
1: is how is this not a movie? So... He contacted. Oh, you? It
2: is. Let me say, under option for to turn it into a Broadway musical, like the producer. Oh, oh. really? Wow! Wow! Yes. Well. Yeah. And you both get seats down front, uh, opening night, twenty thirty four. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. paying you. We're not going to pay <laughs> you in advance for it because we know your family and what the what the history <laughs> We've is. We've fallen for this one before. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. So he's in New York. Right. Troy, New York. Is that where? Where where was he? No, he he was born in Troy, New York. Okay. Okay. So he 1873. So and you may not have the answers. So he's got the he one day is drinking or whatever. He goes, you know, let's let's scam
2: the Nazis. And he well, it was basically he was willing to scam anyone. Yeah. Um, He was an equal opportunity (laughs) scammer. The fact that it was the Nazis. We're sort of the cherry on the top of the sundae, <laughs> but trust me if it was the king of England There still would be the sundae,
1: right? Yeah, but it's right believe me the hitler part is that is the not only the cherry It's the little sprinkles, and it's it's everything oh, it's
2: the, By the way, I have to say that one of the problems with, with the book um, and the commercial realities of publishing Yeah, well, we're um, so we that know. Was that it was filed under Holocaust studies? Oh my god uh, so, I mean, here is this romp about a guy who's big in vaudeville who had every hustle and, and people looked at the cover under Holocaust studies. And it was clear how somebody got out of Auschwitz, which is a sad story. Yeah. This yeah. is a happy story. This is a happy
1: Nazi story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, a so, merry Nazi story. Um, how? So do you know how much money? Uh, I, I can't remember. I yeah. is, So hard. He
2: walked off or. They brought in about the equivalent of about $2 million today. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, uh, my Uncle Freeman, as he ran off to the Far East, uh, left some of it in a bank account that was looted by his Canadian accomplice, but he can't Uh, have everything.
0: Yes, when you can't trust your fellow scammers, (laughs) who can you trust?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. You know, so I've been thinking about this, that the vaudeville angle is interesting to me. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of bits he did or what was was his? his?
2: He um, he was a Broadway agent, a vaudeville agent. And basically he was famous on Broadway in about 1910 for four things. The loudest voice, the biggest cigars, the most outrageous dreams, and the most incredible ability never to pay a bill.
0: Biologist. <laughs> I mean, he made
2: he made Donald Trump look like um, a conscientious bill payer. In <laughs> and basically, uh, there were problems with certain actors um, whose compensation was, shall we say, delayed by decades. I, now have in the pause, mail, I, I, I have to pause and and um, and pick up with the doctor. Um, I will call you back um, soonest. Okay. Okay. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. There's more to come with our guest
1: on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview right after this.
0: We'll be right back. This is
2: Minutia Men with Rick and Dave.
0: We are happy to have Mark Cuban on the show.
1: Is there a way that we can monetize my daughter's eye rolls? Can you do anything? Can, Can you figure that out? So my daughter, I'll let her put on on SiriusXM whatever song she likes. We pull into this half circle when I drop her off, and, you know, she's ready to get out of the car. I'll say, I love you, sweetie. (laughs) Bam! Blast it. And, you know, if it's a song I know the words to, then I'm singing along, too, and her friends are looking at me and looking at
0: the oh, car. Oh, man, there's nothing you know? more embarrassing than Dad singing along. <laughs> oh, man, it's like, Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com.
1: We are back with more Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Okay, Walter is back.
0: Um, everything okay well, there, Walter? I'm here. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good, because good. Good. I don't think we've ever had a guest die in the middle of an interview. That, so be a, that, 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 would, be that would be bad. That uh, would be bad. So you were you were talking about vaudeville, right? Um, and he um, can you
2: elaborate a little bit about vaudeville? We'll edit it. Well, what I really uh, what was really fascinating about him is that variety started. Um, the famous show business publication started out as a vaudeville publication in 1906. And almost immediately, the founding editor um, of Variety, um, Syme Silverman, thought my great-uncle Freeman was a great Broadway character. So every two or three weeks, he would go to his office and interview him. And these would be wonderful riffs about his, uh, about, um, about his dreams, about all of his legal fights, about the people he didn't pay. Um, he was married to a showgirl by the name of May Ward, And um, between the two of them, they had six bankruptcies. Wow. Um, He he was really upset over one of them. (laughs) One out of six, (laughs) not so bad. (laughs) Uh, It was her third bankruptcy, where instead of being on page one of the New York World, as her first two bankruptcies were, it only ran in the agate type next to broke furrier's. Yeah. yeah,
1: that doesn't even count. That's yeah, story. That's a, yeah, that's I not. Yeah, I mean, a... I
2: mean, the indignity that <laughs> she, that May at his wife going bankrupt, wasn't a big yeah. news story. It was the only time he ever was embarrassed. But the point was that the stories just got more and more elaborate. Um, you know, for example, um, he had so many people he owed that his dream was to sneak into the office at six o'clock in the morning. To be there when the mail, early mail arrived in those days, maybe there's a check in it that he can, he could cash before anyone shows up to get, take it from him. Wow. But he was also a big spender. That at one point, he had somehow come up with a $100 fee, and he was so proud of it, he went to um, the Astor Hotel for, to order a $3 breakfast and he said to the waiter, I'm sorry, I have nothing smaller. Here's a $100 bill. <laughs> and, and, and the waiter comes back with his pile of change. You, you, because you know what $100 was in 1911. Oh, sure. yeah. And meanwhile, somebody who was a showbiz um, person down on his luck sees the pile of money, comes over and says, Freeman, could you lend me $50 dollars? And Freeman, even though that's half of his net worth, gives the guy the $50. Oh.
0: So he had, a, he had a good side to him, too.
2: Oh, he had a, he had a good side. Um, after show business, um, he drifted into other occupations, such as managing prize fighters. And he was always big for the races. And, in fact, he was so big for the races... That he was banned from racing on three continents. <laughs> Do you have any idea how crooked you have to be, yeah, for, to be the, for the horse from we'll racing? Yeah. From, from banned from the track in Acapulco, Mexico?
0: It would have been even more shocking if he was banned from boxing promoting. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, uh,
2: there, were, there were a few incidents there, uh, but as Variety said in 1920, the problem with his horses is they were overeducated. Every time. In the far turn, they would turn around to look at the odds board. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, did he ever
1: go to? Did he ever go to prison?
2: Oh uh, well, the fine prison. Um,
0: <laughs> Job of jail. I, well, I mean,
2: uh, well, I mean, just the fact that on my iPhone, I wish I could hold it up on a podcast. I have a lovely picture of him uh, that was provided by the city of New York. There was it was a service that they provided to certain people. <laughs> to take their photographs with numbers <laughs> under them. So you can always find, you know, it was, it was just, it was this, it was a great city under Fiorello, LaGuardia. <laughs> um, basically, um, he had, a, a, while he could claim, he fought extradition to going back in the hustling Hitler. What happened with the, the Hitler um, scam is he was arrested on a fugitive warrant from New York and California. Because we had normal diplomatic relations. Yeah. With right. The it the right? It was only
0: 37, right? Yeah. It was
2: the 30s. Uh, but because he became a cause celebre in Hollywood, um, where people like Al Jolson would give um, m- big money to his defense fund, the governor of California refused to expedite him. Oh, wow. <laughs> but a year later, another case came to California. It seems that my great uncle Freeman was running a sports book in 1930 out of, the, uh, out of a hotel in New York. And maybe um, he bet the wrong way. The odds were a little wrong on a, 19, on a Detroit Tigers game. But on a Saturday evening, he was suddenly short $4,000. Yeah. And the people who want to get paid from an illegal gambling um, room are not the most tolerant yeah. people in yeah. the world. So he did what you and I would do. Yeah. He went down. He went down to the desk, found a gullible person behind the desk, and cashed a check for four thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> um, it, it was a wonderful thing until the check, which was drawn on an obscure Canadian bank, came back two months later. No such account. Oh my! And, gosh. Anyway, the state of New York was also pesky about this, and they got him extradited in thirty nineteen thirty eight. Because it was a little hard for Freeman to claim that Adolf Hitler was behind his bum check in 1930. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now he. But he tried. But um, he quickly talked himself, am um, um, out of prison um, by saying that he would help the state um, arrest his confederates in the Nazi um, nickel scam. He didn't, but um, he got himself out of jail and was actually supported by the New York DA's office for for about a year. He wow. died in 1942 uh in, in December um in the office in the hotel suite of a famous movie producer. He died of a heart attack. Hmm. I always loved the idea that he was pitching his own life story to the movies. Yeah. What I fear he was doing there is trying to borrow $5.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> or or trying to get yeah, some sort of other scam. Oh, yeah.
2: I did this entire book based on newspaper clips because there are about 3,000 clips um, because there are no family papers. Actually, there's one. When my parents got married in 1941, they received a telegram saying, much felicitations, much happiness, Colonel Freeman Bernstein. Colonel? No. Colonel. Now, uh, the question is, I'm sh- he. I'm not sure what he was thinking. Clearly, my mother, who he never met, um, would have asked my father, "Who is his military hero in the family?" Uh, and my father would have explained that it was an honorary title. He uh, <laughs> certainly wasn't fooling my father, um, who knew that my great uncle Freeman, his uncle Freeman, had been rejected for World War One store service in his mid 40s described as short and stout um, <laughs> like a teapot um, my feeling is that Freeman Bernstein down on his luck in Hollywood had added the flourish Colonel Freeman Bernstein to impress the girl behind the Western Union yeah. counter uh,
1: yeah. so, and he died virtually penniless I mean he was
2: not virtually Uh, I found his grave in Los Angeles um, on the outskirts of Los Angeles in an untended um, um, dying Jewish cemetery when I went there they gave me the row and lot number Uh, except there was I I called back because there's nobody on on premises and says there's no there's no number 27 in row 23 they said look under the debris (laughs) So I moved about two inches of leaves and rubbish, and there it was, not even a headstone, a footstone that said, it didn't even give his full name. It was F. Bernstein, 1942. They didn't even have room for his year of birth, 1873. But my wife, we had a little water in the car. We cleaned it up as best we could. And not being religious, I thought I should say something to Uh, to my um, uh, 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 great-uncle, the mythical figure of my family. So I bent over the grave and said, you are remembered.
1: Oh, that's nice.
2: Which is, if you're a showman who dies forgotten in 1942, it's a lovely thing to hear in 2016. Oh, yeah,
1: and now in
0: 2023. Yeah, yeah. Walter, this is this has been uh, fantastic. I, it, if and I, if people are not intrigued by now, uh, they won't be. Uh, there's so so many great stories in this book. Tell everybody where they can get your book.
2: Um, where they can get the book, uh, it may be out of print. I'm not sure. Uh, fine libraries have it. I know Pod, um, Audible has um the audio version of it. Um, it has also been, while well, I can't give you the details, it has been optioned option for a Broadway musical on the order of the producers. So we're wow. hopeful that someday you will see Hustling Hitler on Broadway. Um,
0: if only well, Zero uh, Mostel were uh, still around. You know what? Maybe. I'm kind of a sure Oh,
2: short... he, I, I want Zero Mostel <laughs> to play him.
0: Wouldn't he um, be perfect
2: uh, for it? Well, yeah. Although
1: we're both short and stout.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, really, you're... you're,
2: you're um, I, ha- I was thinking of Nathan Lane, but both of you are far better. Thank
1: you. We're, we're younger. Uh, just yeah. so everybody knows, it is available on Kindle. It is, okay? Uh, it is, because I yeah. ended up buying it yesterday. To,
2: oh, I'm per- honored.
1: Right. So I think I gave you like 42 cents, buddy. So there right. you go.
2: Oh, <laughs> God. Trust me. Trust me. This is my retirement. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to retire, um, um, you know, and it's going to be you'll see me by the side of the road with a little sign. We'll trade adverbs for food.
1: Well, and hopefully your tombstone 20 years from now will be big enough for your entire name. It's only 30 years it's from f- now, 50 years it's from a now, 70, years, 100 yeah. years, <laughs> yeah, will have the absolute all, all your name, your 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 name, and
0: even the date of your birth as well. Walter, oh God,
2: I, I mean we're 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 thinking big
0: here. <laughs> Thanks for doing the show, Walter. This has been oh, fun. this is great fun. Yeah, uh, and
1: good luck to you, and um, we'll be. We're we're look we're looking for hustler uh, hustling Hitler the musical yes There's definitely yes the
2: absolutely port.
0: all right thanks Walter thanks Walter bye bye well
1: that's it for this week's edition of the minutia men celebrity interview
0: special thanks to executive producer Tony lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards o p p i h shows dot com Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including OpieShows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions.
2: Tony, can you shut up?